Welcome to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Each week we sit around and discuss the music from our past. Sometimes we agree. I call it iconic. It's a 10. That riff is un- It's incredible. Clearly a 10. This is one of the most iconic songs of the 80s. Um, iconic from start to finish. And sometimes we disagree. This song sounds like something you might hear at your aunt's funeral. The absolute worst lyric ever. It's like stuffing the sock in your pants and you got nothing else to tell me. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Hey, we are back again with another Audible Ecstasy podcast. This week we are continuing our series of album wars. It's the Battle of Hair. Tonight we've got Bon Jovi Slippery When Wet versus Poison's Open Up and Say Ah. Two albums that may or may not stand the test of time. We'll make that decision tonight. Guys, y'all ready to get into this? I think so. Let it rock. All right. Let's let it rock. That's what we're talking about. All right, guys. So starting this thing out, obviously we've got uh, Bon Jovi's Slippery When Wet, which was released in 1986, and Poison's Opened Up and Say Ah, released in 1988. So this is at the pinnacle of hair. Um, this is when glam and, and hair metal was ruling the airwaves and MTV. Tonight, the first two tracks are going to battle it out is from Bon Jovi's Slippery When Wet is Let It Rock. And from Poison's Open Up and Say Ah, Love on the Rocks. All right. Chris, you want to start this one off? I'll start it off. Let's do this. Apologize in advance tonight, guys. I'm going to be a little critical on these albums. So <laughs> starting with this first uh, battle here. Fair enough. Fair enough. So let it rock. Uh, I didn't quite get the keyboard intro slash organ intro on this song. I know Bon Jovi uses keyboards a lot and usually pretty, to pretty good uh, results. But for this one, I didn't really get it. I thought the, ch- the chorus was a little generic, but it was a pretty good song overall. I gave it a seven. I thought it was very good. Let it rock. Love on the Rocks, on the other hand, man, it's just like. It's full of cliches, sexual innuendos, <laughs> bland chorus. CC was basically the only redeeming quality on this song. I gave it a meh. It's a five for me. So let it really? wow. that five. Five. Wow. Okay. I don't think it's a five, man. But uh, all right, all right, all right, Anthony. What do you think? What about Let It Rock versus Love on the Rocks for you? I you mean, feel? I actually like the intro to Let It Rock. I like the keyboards. I thought they were pretty cool, man. Um, I wrote that I like both songs. But Let It Rock got my vote um, in this battle. I like the way it builds and the way it starts. And it's it's pure anthem rock. You know, it's a great kind of song for a giant arena. I could certainly see them playing us in concert and going for a crowd. And, and Love of the Rocks is a very good song. It's got some solid guitar work. And, uh, you know, I give it a 7. So Let It Rock got an 8.5 and Love of the Rocks got a 7. I, mean, I, I really was digging Let It Rock. But I will say uh-huh. that the... Uh, as I listened to these albums, Bon Jovi's album really got me a lot more this week than Poison's did. So I got a little more favorable with most of their songs. Interesting. Interesting. So <laughs> this is this is going to be weird because you guys are kind of almost on opposite ends of the spectrum as far as we, we agree. Let it rocks better so far. But uh, the scores have been a little low, I think. And this is how I feel. Let it rock. I did. Like you, Anthony, I enjoyed that keyboard opening. I think it was setting the pace for an anthem rocker that is a great opening tune. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. I think it's one of the better songs on this album. I gave this one a nine. Oh, wow. Now, 
Yeah, I, I think it's a fantastic opening. I think it's memorable lyrics and pretty good riffing. Now, <laughs> yeah. let's go to the Poisons open up and say Oz opener, Love on the Rocks. Now, this one, uh, in line with what Chris said, as far as the only good thing on this song, in my opinion, is the guitar tone. And you guys are going to hear me talk about that a lot tonight. But I don't think it is an absolute trash uh, trash song, by no means of the word. I did give it a seven and a half because it does have a little bit of a, a memorable vibe to it. I think it's uh, it's pretty good, um, but obviously the winner of mine is "Let It Rock." Yeah, "Let It Rock" is a solid intro song, man. I really so, like yeah. it. It's almost a nine for me too, Jimmy. I mean, it might be a nine by the next time I hear it. I really it's, dug that song. So. I, I didn't hear a score for "Love on the Rocks" from you, Jimmy. I get a seven and a half. It was a seven, seven and, and a half. half. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. not bad. That's not bad. No, it's not a horrible rating, but uh, at the same time, you know, I think there's room for improvement. So to be fair, that's right. that's <clears> one of my lowest scores for Poison. So I'm I'm not like bashing them the whole night. <laughs> I got you. Like, no, that's that's cool, man. Now that brings us up to track number two from "Slippery and Wet." We've got "You Give Love a Bad Name" and from "Open Up and Say Ah, Nothing But a Good Time." Two humdingers going to go at it here, Chris. How do you feel? <laughs> this this really is a tough battle right here. Probably the hardest battle on this whole uh, album war that we have going on tonight. They're both iconic songs. They both got tens in my book. Uh, I felt like "You Give Love a Bad Name" is just an absolute rock anthem, if you will. Uh, it's not a lot you can say about that one. Nothing but a good time is awesome. The, the opening riff is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. The guitar tone is fantastic. Catchy singable chorus. This one's really a coin flip, but for me, I think You Give Love a Bad Name is a little better song. That's just an, a flat-out iconic rock song of the 80s, period. I'm not sure you can say the same for Nothing But a Good Time. It, think, it, it is, but... I think Nothing But a Good Time is. That was a big song back in the day. Yeah, yeah they're both iconic. They're both big. Uh, I, I see where you're coming from. But as far as, like, You Give Love a Bad Name, that that's, that's... I mean, today, you'll hear that on the radio, and... Yeah, it's it's a, to me, that was the winner. So. Hey, fair enough. Anthony, what do you think? Is it uh, You Give Love a Bad Name or Nothing But a Good Time? What are your thoughts? Well, they're, they're both tens. They're both iconic in my mind. Um, and I wrote, this was the toughest pick for me. Uh, both songs are iconic, like I just said. You hear them on so many playlists, but since we can't have a tie, I'm going with nothing but a good time. There is something about it that I've always enjoyed and liked. And the guitar solo is amazing. CC DeVille sounds awesome on that song. And the video, I think, is what finally swayed me on this one. Because that video to um, nothing but a good time, I've always enjoyed the way that starts. When he kicks that door open and the band starts playing, I mean, that's such a cool, cool video. So, yeah, I'm going, I'm going with nothing but a good time. But, I mean, it was it was a dead race, a dead tie on that one. So, hey, just, just barely got it. Uh, Anthony, I know exactly where you're coming These from. These are absolutely close. I agree. Yeah. The, this is the toughest battle on this entire album. And just like you guys, both of them in my books are iconic, iconic for these bands. You give Love a Bad Lame, I gave it a 10. Nothing but a good time, I gave it a 10. It all came down to my preference, and once again, I'm going back to guitar tone. The tone on this song is fantastic. I believe that the guitar solo is better on this song as well. In my book, it's nothing but a good time. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, Anthony, everything, you actually were saying things that reminded me, the video, man, I went back to the video as well. Oh, I remember that geez, from when awesome. it, cause this was the, this was the first song that was released from this album. If you remember the first video they had released. So, right. and it kicked, it absolutely ripped. It I remember loving it when I was a kid, you know, in high school or whatever grade it was, ninth grade, whatever grade, <laughs> it <laughs> was, grade, maybe yeah. I can't even remember. It was high school somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that brings us up to the third track from Slippery When Wet, Living on a Prayer. 
verses from Open Up and Say Ah, back to the rocking horse. Chris, dare I say, I know where this is going. Go ahead and hit it. <laughs> well, yeah, Living on a Prayer is a 10. It's yet another iconic rock anthem. Uh, it, it was a fantastic song back in the day. Again, something you'd still hear on the radio today. Something you hear at, at uh, sporting events if you show up during uh, TV timeouts and stuff. I mean, it's just, it's everywhere. Uh, Richie Sambor did a great job on this album as well. I thought his, his guitar tone was really good on this album. Uh, back to the rocking horse. It's good. That's about all I can say about it. I don't think it's very good. I think I just think it's good. There are good guitar riffs on the song. It, honestly, earlier in the week, I was going to give us a lower score, but I listened to it a few times. It kind of grew on me a little bit, but yeah, that said, good is a six in our books. So I gave it a six winner. This one's living on a prayer. All right, Anthony, what about you living on a prayer or back to the rocking horse? What's your thoughts? <laughs> It's an easy pick, man. Living on a Prayer is easily 10. It's iconic. Back to the Rocking Horse, I actually gave it 6.5. So me and Chris are pretty close to each other. And I wrote, uh, this one was a slaughter, a bloodbath. <laughs> Poison was outmatched before this battle even began. Living on a Prayer is one song that helped to build the definition of iconic. It transcends the decades. It is as good now as it was then, and it will be around for many years to come. When you think of 80 songs... This is one of them, and not in a bad way. Back to the Rocking Horse has its moments, but it is a mere mortal standing next to a giant. So that's the way I closed it. Uh, you know what, Anthony? Well put, sir. Of course, you guys know where I'm going to lead this to. Living on a Prayer, I gave it a 10. It is iconic. I love the guitar sound in this, in this song. It's absolutely iconic because of the little uh, the vocal effect that Richie Sambor is using on his guitar. I mean, that is... You know, that that defines that song. You know it as soon as it comes on the radio versus back to the rocking horse. And I'm going to tell you right now, the only reason I'm giving this score what it is, as high as it is for me, is because the guitar tone and because, yeah, because of C.C. DeVille's playing. Now, don't hold your head up too high because I gave it a five. This is a meh at best. I think really? this is something I could skip every single time. I, and we'll talk about it later on, but this is not the way I remember this album. So, you know what? And it's going against living on a prayer, guys. So let's face it. It didn't have a chance to start with. I'll tell you what kind of bumped it up for me a little bit this week was the chorus. Uh, they harmonize yeah. well in the chorus they on do. that song. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, I was like, okay, you know what? It's it's not bad. It's not bad. So I, I gave it a little bump after as the week went on. So. Well, I yeah. didn't give it a three. You know, it's no, not I know. bad. I know. Yeah. It's a, it's got a singable chorus, too. It's actually it in my head right now when we're talking about it. So it deserves at least a good, I think. Yeah. You know. Oh, fair enough, guys. Fair enough. Now, this, <laughs> this next uh, this next battle, uh, Chris, track number four, from Slippery and Wet, Social Disease, and from Open Up and Say Ah, Good Love. I am looking forward to hear who the winner is on this one. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> well, actually, I think they're pretty evenly matched songs when you get right down True. to it. Uh, True. Social Disease, I said, uh, it's kind of middle-of-the-road song for this album. Uh, it's a pretty good chorus and a decent guitar uh tone or riffs and stuff like that decent you know uh good love i'm curious jimmy how you uh how you like the harmonica at the beginning of this song i know you're a big fan <laughs> of harmonica you know uh, what's coming don't worry don't <laughs> oh, worry you have your turn there uh, <laughs> but yeah actually the chorus is while very cheesy is kind of catchy on this song as well I, I gave them both sevens and i'm gonna so basically it was basically a tie for me but since we can't have ties I'm giving Poison the nod because of that harmonica. Oh, my God. 
That's awesome. <laughs> so oh my lord, guys. this is going to be so fun. All right, so Anthony, the ball is in your court. Social disease or good love? What are your thoughts? You know, as much as I love the Bon Jovi album, Social Disease was probably the the weakest song for me on the album, and I had a little trouble getting into it. I'm still I'm starting to dig it now, and I gave it a seven. And Good Love got a 7.5. And the reason why is the harmonica. The harmonica is what actually put me over for for Good Love. It really did. That was the that was the final clinch. That was the point five for me was the harmonica right there. It just I love the way those two played together with the guitar and all. So it was a, I gotta give it to Good Love, man. Oh my God. <laughs> all right. Here we go. For those listening at home, I'm gonna give you the true ratings. All right, so this right here was probably this is a a battle that was the lesser of two crappy songs. Um, Social disease is is not that great in my opinion, and good love is obviously not that great in my opinion. There is the harmonica present. Um, clearly, Brett Michaels knows how to blow something. Nonetheless, <laughs> <laughs> I gave both of these songs the same score. They both came out as a five and a half, five point five on both Goodness. both songs. That's too low, man. Negative, Ghost Rider. Sorry, this is how it's going to be. Man. I'm too telling low. you, when you come off living on a prayer, well, yeah. into social disease, and then go into the next song, and you're going to tell me that's anything higher than a five, five and a half, it's, six. You it's, guys are wrong. It's, it's the cheeseburger effect. You know, you've got the good bun on one side, you got the meat on the other side. You got to have the condiment in the middle, man. That's what social disease is. It's just, that is it's definitely the condiment. condiment. The middle, man. This is the condiment I would have said, please hold on my end. <laughs> so I would have, you know, at Burger King, I'd have said, hold the social disease. I want just living on a prayer and want dead or alive. Both of them are five and a half. However, even what I just said was social disease. That's the winner in my book. I hate the harmonica. <laughs> Not a, Sorry. Not a fan, eh? Not oh, fan my God. I just assumed. You know, if, if I never have to listen to Good Love again, it's probably going to be a good thing. I just don't really. Know. But guys, listen. Love's a solid song, I man. just don't like it. The harmonica, yeah. it, it really turns me off, guys. It's just not for me. It's weird. Okay. So, so to be clear, Good Love wins this battle for everybody li- winning out there. For The Audible <laughs> Ecstasy podcast picks Good Love to win this battle. Oh, my God. But not with my <laughs> choice, I swear. All right. That brings us up to track number five on both of these monstrous albums. Wanted Dead or Alive from Slippery When Wet and Tearing Down the Walls from Open Up and Say Ah. Chris, what do you think about these two? Well, Anthony, you, you used the term bloodbath a couple <laughs> That's what I read on this one, too. Yeah. Uh, this is the, to me, this is a massive bloodbath. Uh, Wanted Dead or Alive, I don't know how you guys feel about it. I think it's Bon Jovi's best song, period, of all time. Uh I mean, that iconic guitar solo in that song, uh, the chorus is just so catchy. I mean, seen a million faces and I'm rocked them all. That's all I can say, man. That's such a great song. Tearing Down the Walls, on the other hand, is, in my opinion, the worst song on the Poison album. Uh, and I I gave every one of these a listen. Uh, not much of a chorus in that song. Even CC didn't do a whole lot on that song. I gave it a four. It was my lowest score on the oh, album. Come on, it ain't a four, yeah. man. It's disappointing. I, well, I wanted to say bad, which is three, but it's a shade above that. But yeah, to me, it's and that's the lowest score you'll hear me give tonight. But yeah, you're saying that song is actually worse than A Political Blues by Van Halen. Yes. Really? Yes, he is. So. Yeah, I would clear. rather listen to a, this one than A Political. This song has no it, substance it. at all to it. I don't care. Would you hear how bad a political blues was? Sammy Hagar sounded like he's coughing on a hairball or something. It's ridiculous, man. All right. 
We leave Sammy out of this. This is poison, yeah. sir. Honestly, there there is nothing Van Halen has ever done as bad as this guy. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. Tarrant, it's got a that scritch and scratch in Tarrant. That's a very catchy little chorus, man. I've been singing that a lot myself. Turn to oh, have gosh. your say. So let's hear it, Anthony. That's that's awesome. Let's let's hear what you are. So, Anthony, the ball's in your court yet again. Want a dead uh, or, or tearing? I mean, walls. like you know, bloodbath. It's a bloodbath. I mean, this is this is like ripping spines out and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> bloodbath. You know, this is stomping on corpses in the middle of a field. Finish him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, I wrote that the word iconic might be too small a word for "Want a Dead or Alive." It might be one of the biggest songs come out of the '80s. It was huge then, and it is still huge. I hear this one all the time. Still enjoy it. It isn't, uh, if it isn't obvious by now, Want It Dead or Alive gets my vote. Tearing on the Walls is a solid song, a good song, but it never had a chance. I gave a 10 to Want It Dead or Alive and a 6.5 for Tearing Down the Walls. So, wow. I, I, you know, it's a good, somewhere between good and very good for me. I no, actually like right. Tearing Down the Walls. It's a solid song. It's, it's, it, all right. Well, I, like I said, I, I, you know, I respect y'all's opinions on this, but. So, once again, I realize you guys think that Wanted Dead or Alive is, is a solid song, 10, iconic, all that, whatever. And I do understand Tearing Down, Lo- Tearing Down the Walls is going to be the worst song. But, you know, you guys know how I feel about these slow songs or these songs that have that uh, lovey Surely you're giving that a 10. Right? Surely you're giving it a 10. This <laughs> Come on, is, Jimmy. It's a say. song that I feel like it's been overplayed many, many times. Um, however, I do understand its iconic status. It is a 10. <laughs> Okay, trying to worry me, man. Um, no, I'm just joking. You know, I love this song. It's a great song. I, you know, it really is a good song. And the video really sold me on this song way back when I was a kid, when I wanted to be a guitarist in some kind of rock band and be famous. But you know, it's the life on the road, the struggles you had, and that that you're right. That line, I've seen a million faces, I've rocked them all. I mean, I, I think about that every time I hear this song. I mean, I imagine being in that position. When you even sing that, man. It's, I it's do. Mandatory. Pump it. <laughs> and then we, and then you compare it to tearing down the walls, which I think is a honestly, this is a tied for the worst song in, in my scoring for Poison. Um, I I do love the guitar. I just lyrically it's retarded and it's just <laughs> slow. I I don't know. It's elementary. I know, guys. I, I realize we're doing hair metal here, and the lyrics are supposed to be this way. I mean, it's a, a party, and I, I don't know, dude. It's it's a five. It's a man. My book. I can skip this one every time. I'm not. And we'll get to this later, guys. I, I know it sounds terrible, but it's a five. Wanted Dead Alive is a clear winner here, guys. There was no way this was going to go any other direction when I saw this pairing, period. Now, it gets us halfway through the record. We're at track number six from Slippery When Wet, Raise Your Hands versus from Open Up and Say Ah, Look But You Can't Touch. Chris, talk to us. Yeah, for Raise Your Hands, I've got, you know, this is a good uh, mid-tempo rocker. Uh, bon Jovi loves their rock anthems and mm-hmm. and this is just yet another one. Uh, it can be a little cheesy, but not too bad. I mean, it, it I I think it's a uh, well, I, guess, I gave it an eight. So I guess what's that in our books? That's great. Is that right? Yeah, it's great. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a really good song and it is a rock anthem. Uh, Look, but you can't touch. Actually, I enjoyed this song. Uh, it's got a catchy car chorus and it's got a good guitar solo. Now this one is cheesy, but. You know, it's just what it is. You kind of check your brain at the door on this one. Just have fun with it, you know. I, I wrote, uh, ha- I wrote, check your brain at the door. Fun kind of song about sexual harassment. So, he's very <laughs> I, pers- I think he finally gets the girl drunk to have his way with her. So, you know. He's very persistent. I'll a say a lot of that much, probably man. happened back in the day. It's also known as rape. All right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not sure I you gave, ever got that far a, with her. You gave I gave seven. it a seven. 
So eight, uh, seven's seven. not too bad. You know yeah. what? It's very good. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Bon Jovi gets the nod for me there. Oh, absolutely. All right, Anthony, it brings it to you. Raise your hands or look, but you can't touch. What do you think? Uh, oh, I wrote raise your hands gets my vote. Really like the guitar work. Chorus is strong, and it's another anthem kind of song that probably would play well in concert. Look, but you can't touch is a fun song, also with some great guitar work. But raise your hands is just a better song by a better band. And I gave Raise Your Hands 8.5 and Luke But You Can't Touch uh, 7.5. So, okay. Okay. I actually Fair like Luke, but, Luke, but, Luke But You Can't Touch is one of my, uh, I like a lot by Poison. Hey, dude. It's, yeah. um, it's I understand fun. where you're coming from. It's a fun song. That's exactly right. Talk about juvenile song. lyrics. That's got a lot of juvenile lyrics. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Certainly does. Certainly does. <laughs> now, obviously, um, from my perspective, raise your hand and look, but you can't touch is almost like another bloodbath in a, in a sense. Um, raise your hands, I think, is one of my favorite songs on this record. That's not an iconic tune. I love this song. I think it's a fun sing along tune. I've always liked it since uh, you know hearing it way back in '86. Um, I did give this song a nine. I think it's excellent. I think it's an excellent song on this record. Um, and of course, look, but you can't touch is you know as juvenile as the lyrics are. Let's face it, we know what we're getting into. However, I think it's got a good groove. I think it's a it's a great. It's a, it's, it's almost a great song. I feel like it certainly is worthy of being somewhere between very good and great. And that's where it's at. It's seven and a half in my book. Uh, you know, aside from the lyrics and the persistence of Brett Michaels, this is a, you know, it's a great song on this record in my opinion. So, but the nod goes to raise your hands. That's my winner. All right, boys. Now we're down to track number seven from slippery with wet, uh, slippery when wet. It is without love versus fallen angel from open up and say, ah, Chris, what do you think? Okay, so first with Bon Jovi, I, I feel like uh, "Without Love" is a, it's a solid up tempo slash power battle ballad, if you if it is such a thing, up tempo power ballad. I don't know. It's a real catchy chorus. The keyboards are well done on this song, not too much, just the right amount, and they blend together well with the guitars. Uh, I gave that one an eight. I thought it's a very good song. Okay. That said, "Fallen Angel" is probably an iconic song for these guys. Uh, catchy single chorus, solid guitar riffs and chorus. The tone is good. Uh, that's a 10 for me. So Poison is going to win this battle. Hey, good deal. Anthony, Without Love or Fallen Angel, what are your thoughts? Well, I wrote, if Without Love wasn't going against Fallen Angel, it would win this battle. It is a great song from start to finish. Really like it a lot. Almost a nine for me. But oh. Fallen Angel has been, a, one of my, what been one of my favorite Poison songs for a long time. Always liked it. This one was decided before it began. Um, Fallen Angel gets my vote. I gave it a 9.5. I don't know if it's exactly iconic and as, as compared to Every Rose and to you know the one at the start of the, of the album. And Without Love, I gave it an 8.5. So, you know, uh, but Without Love, is, I love that song. It's a great song, you know. Okay. Okay, fair enough. All right. Now, from... I agree with with what you're saying a lot. Of, I think Without Love is a great song as well. I, I didn't quite see it as an eight. I felt like it was worthy of a seven. It's very good. Um, I think you're right saying that this could have won easily against many other songs on this record from uh, Poison. However, Fallen Angel is an iconic tune. They've used yeah. it in multiple movies. The video itself is is basically a great story. You know, somebody running away from the sticks, moving out to L.A., and uh, trying to make it big, so to speak. It's a yeah. 10. Obviously, my winner, Fallen Angel. Unbelievable. And it is iconic, Anthony. That's something they yeah, play probably I every single so. show, for sure. 
I just don't uh, seem least, like I, I don't hear that one as much as I seem to hear the I, other two. I know what you mean, Anthony. I mean, Iconic is, not to give too much away, but the next song is Iconic. I mean, that is absolutely <laughs> Iconic. Uh, yeah. I don't think Fallen Angel is quite that Iconic, but I guess there's different shades of Iconic when you get right down to it. Well, so, in so. their catalog, it is Iconic. It is a great song, and I promise you, that is played quite a bit. I've heard it on Sirius many times on Hair Nation. Yeah, that's so. true. You know, I mean, I gave it a 9.5. So now oh, no, dude. I'm not iconic anyway. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're up there. It's just, uh, that's just how I felt about it. And um, that brings I, I us up to. I with 9.5 and, and 10 myself. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, I you know what? Sure, I, just I gave knew it, a it was going to be a 10 as soon as I, yeah, I knew it was going to be a 10 as soon as I saw it because I remember how impactful it was way back in the 80s and how much it impactful it was the last time we always, saw them live. So I always loved that song. That's such an awesome song. It's a good one. It's a good one. Now, we carry on to track number eight from from bon jovi's uh slipping and wet we've got i die for you and on open up and say all oh, we have every rose has its thorn chris what do you think yeah for i died i died for you it's kind of a shame that it's going up against every rose has its thorn because it's a very good song uh, it's probably not iconic but but it's 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 very good i gave it a nine i, I love the chorus in that song i thought the guitar or the keyboards were very good and the guitars are very good on that song but it is going up against Every Rose Has Its Thorn, probably the biggest Poison song of all time. That's clearly a 10. Uh, I, I write in my notes here, it's probably the best ever song written at 2 a.m. in a laundromat about a stripper <laughs> girlfriend cheating on someone. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's actually true. I, I've, I've heard that before. But it's iconic, and, and it's a 10, so Poison wins this battle for me. Hey, kind of expected it. Anthony, I'd die for you versus... Every rose has its thorn. What do you think? Uh, well, I wrote uh, "Every Rose is Iconic," and it is another song like "Living on a Prayer" and "Want It Dead or Alive" that has lived on beyond the '80s. It is iconic and is going to win most battles. And to be fair, it would win this battle even if it wasn't iconic. It is a great song that helps to show Poison can write a song with deep and meaningful lyrics. Lots of great lyrics. Um, I've always loved, you know, the lyric about though it's been a while now, I can still feel so much pain. Like a knife that cuts you, the wound heals, but the scar remains. That's just a deep, deep way to put something, you know. For remember a band like Poison who just wrote "Look but can't touch" five a couple songs ago. It's crazy. Um, so yeah, I gave this one to uh, one, you know, every rose has its thorn. Of course, I gave it a ten. I doubt you. I gave an eight point five. It's it's almost a nine for me too. I probably should have given that one a nine. It's an incredible song. So, but. Hey. You know, I agree with you guys, both of these. Um, I mean, I, I agree with you uh, as far as everything you're saying about Every Rose Has Thorn. I Die For You, I think it's honestly not my favorite song on the, the Bon Jovi album. It's not as bad as Social Disease in my book. However, it's barely better. I think it's good. I gave it a six. Um, we know this is going on Every Rose Has Thorn. It's a 10, guys. I mean, basically, what? how does that song start out? <sighs> <laughs> I mean, it's that deep breath by Brett Michaels, and you know what you're getting ready to hear, and you you know it as soon as it comes on the radio. That this in Poison's catalog, and basically anything that came out of the '80s is going to be listed as iconic in everybody's book. I'm sure of it. Um, it's a ten. That's your winner. Every rose has its thorn. All right, Chris. Now that does bring us up to track number nine. We're getting to the end of this bad boy from Bon Jovi's "Slippery When Wet." It is "Never Say Goodbye," and against Poison's "Your Mama Don't Dance." What do you think? Before I, I give this one, I just, I've been keeping tally so far. You guys might be surprised to know that we're tied right now. Jovi has four wins. Poison has four wins. So oh we got God, two songs left. 
I didn't expect that. I thought this would probably, but that's where we are right now, just to let you guys know. Okay, as far as this song goes, to me, Never Say Goodbye is the ultimate power ballad. And I'm not sure, I, I don't remember if this was, I know it was a hit. I know it was a radio hit, right? But I don't know if it's considered iconic. Uh, I gave it a nine and a half. Uh, it's just a nostalgic song. Uh, apparently, Jimmy appeared Wow. With me on that. <laughs> wow. But I think oh, it's just on, like Jimmy, this kind of thing awesome you'd hear song, at your man. high school prom. Uh, you know, it's it's a hey man, it, there's a lot of nostalgia behind a song like this. So it's nine and a half on that one for me. Okay, with uh, your mama don't dance. Yeah, you know, I got to give Poison credit on this song. They, they did a very good job on this cover song. Uh, it's catchy, toe tapping kind of song. Uh, Brett doesn't overdo it with the oohs and woos and ha ha ha's and nonsense like he he's prone to do. Uh, that that for, for, so for that one I gave it eight. Uh, Never say goodbye does win the battle for me though. Fair enough, fair enough. Anthony, what do you think about Never Say Goodbye versus Your Mama Don't Dance? Well, Never Say Goodbye is my kind of ballad. It is an excellent song from the opening chord to the last. I like Your Mama Don't Dance. It's a fun song but not one of my favorites. Never cared for the original much either. Plus, and we're all guys here, and we're all comfortable in our manhood. I want to say <laughs> this right now. John sounds like a stud on Never Say Goodbye, and you know he popped a lot of virtues back in the day with that song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my so God. So, yeah, I'm giving Never Say Goodbye a 9. Your mama don't dance. I give a 7.5. So. Oh, my God. Jimmy, you be nice to never say oh, goodbye. That's a great my song. God. <laughs> All right, John. So, on Joey's killing before, on that one, man. Before we go any further, both of you guys are wrong. Absolutely on, wrong. <clears throat> never say goodbye against your mama don't dance. First of all, your mama don't dance is a freaking cover song, if you guys didn't know that. Oh, yeah. It's Loggins and Messina. Yeah. So, with that being said, I think Poison does that song justice. I think that their version of it is great. I gave it an eight. I think it's a rocking tune. They play it live to this day. Uh, it's part of the regular set. So, I mean, they do rock that song. But back to Never Say Goodbye, I do realize this song is full of emotions for folks. I remember this like the back of my hand. I remember the, I think it was eighth grade dance, I believe, in the, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, during the football season. I remember being there. I remember the girl <laughs> I was dancing with. <laughs> and I remember this song. You can't say that about a lot of things, but music will make you do that, guys. You remember certain points of time in your life by songs. I remember it like it was yesterday. This song, and I'm not a ballad guy, this song is probably the best ballad they've ever written. In my book, this is iconic. This is a 10 in the Bon Jovi catalog. Didn't expect that. I knew you guys. I was shocked you guys didn't give it higher because this is uh, one of the well, you were looking, most I thought famous you, songs. <laughs> well, you were looking at I, I thought like, you were like, 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 When you guys weren't throwing out 10s on this one, I was like, oh, my God, what is wrong here? But I, that's the song that does it to me. I remember a place and time, and that's yeah. it. That's, and that's funny. it's always been that song to me throughout high school. And, you know, I hear it to this day. I, you know, I know the words. I know everything about the song. I just, uh, you know, I think it's iconic. That's something that makes a song iconic in my book. And it mm. may not make it iconic in your guys' book. And I see where you guys come from. But you know what? In my book, it's a 10. And it, it wins. Does, it's uh, my winner. It does remind me of all those dances after football games on uh, yeah, Friday nights exactly. and everything. I do. It's not just say that. 
Oh, yeah. When I used to stand against the wall most of the time, Jimmy was the one dance floor with the girls, but I was the one on the wall watching him. uh, Oh, my God. Y'all are funny. (laughs) All right. So we're down to the final track. Track number 10 from Slippery When Wet, Wild in the Streets, and from Open Up and Say Ah, Bad to Be Good. Chris, how do these pair in your battle? Okay. First, for Wild in the Streets, uh, it's a good song. I, I kind of feel like maybe it's one of these where the producer at the end of the album was like, okay, guys, we've only got nine. We need one more. Throw, throw another one together. It mm. felt a little rushed to me. Uh, that said, it's a good song. I gave it a seven and a half. So, I mean, it's, it's not like bad or anything. I just, I, to me, it, I don't know. It didn't, didn't seem to match with the rest of the songs on the album. Uh, bad to be good, however. I said more like bad to be mediocre. <laughs> uh, decent guitar solo is about the only redeeming feature for this song. I gave it a meh. It's a five. Really? Yeah, Bon Jovi wins that last song for me. All right, Anthony, it throws it back to you. Wild in the Streets versus Bad to Be Good. What are your thoughts? Uh, wild in the Streets for the win. Uh, it's a great song to close Slippery When Wet. I could easily hear Bruce Springsteen covering this song. It, it's a very yes. Springsteen kind of. That vibe. actually is exactly I what I was thinking. I cannot believe you said that. It's I, awesome. I feel yeah. the same way. I agree. He's, he's also a New Jersey local, just like Bon Jovi. Um, and you know, Bad to Be Good's a good song, groovy, bluesy, but Wild in the Streets is just a better song. So I, I give Wild in the Streets an eight, and Bad to Be Good a seven. So, but. Yeah, seven's not right. bad for a song, but no, absolutely, absolutely. You know what, Anthony? You must be looking at my notes because "Wild in the Streets" <laughs> could have been a Springsteen, a Springsteen song, been. and this sounds like it could have been released with seventy-eight hundred degrees Fahrenheit, which is the album that came out before this. Yeah, I think that this song is a pretty darn good closer. Um, I don't think there was another song on this record I'd I'd like to see at the end besides this one. Um, maybe if you put "Raise Your Hands" at the end, I don't know. I mean, but I think it's a good closer. I gave that one an eight. Bad to be good by Poison. I think it's okay. It's better than what Chris gave it credit for, in my opinion. I don't think it's a meh. I think it's a very good song to close with. I did give this one a seven. Obviously, my winner goes to Wild in the Streets. So, that brings us up to the (laughs) overall ratings. Tally this thing up. Chris, how does your numbers look comparing Slippery When Wet and Open Up and Say Ah? How do we, how, excuse me, how did we score it? Who's the winner here? First off, for the group. The final score, drumroll please. <laughs> we have uh, six for Bon Jovi and four for Poison. So Bon Jovi wins this battle. Fair enough. I kind of expected it, to be honest with you, but you know. So now, now for my my personal overall totals on this. I had Bon Jovi winning seven songs and Poison winning three songs. I gave the Bon Jovi album a total score of 8.6 overall and the Poison uh, album a 7.2 overall. Uh, which is very good, so I don't think I'd feel the need to adjust that anywhere. I mean, I, it's probably a little higher than it should get, in my opinion, but that's what it is. Uh, my final thoughts on both of these albums, uh, I felt like the the Bon Jovi album was timeless and didn't really show its age too much, and I felt like the Poison album did show its age a little bit. Uh, I feel like Brett, uh, he tends to over-enunciate all these words all the time, Leads me to believe he maybe grew up in a household that they watched a lot of televangelists. You know, the way those guys are always uh, <laughs> overextending all their words and everything. <laughs> all jokes aside, I do think he does that for for a reason. And the fact is, he's just not a very good singer. So he's trying to like do all these parlor tricks to, to detract from that. Uh, right. 
I'll do respect, Brett. If you if you ever happen to listen to this, yeah, I'm sorry, but that's just the way I see it. Uh, so that said, uh, you know, it was a fun review. I was a little surprised. I thought I'd enjoy. I remember Poison being better than it was, but uh, Joby was Bon Jovi was a good album. I mean, that's that's an iconic album, Slippery When Wet. So, was my final thoughts on that. All right, Anthony, what are your final thoughts between these two records? Uh, well. I'm actually not going to go. I'm going, I'm going to throw out some facts to you guys here in just a second instead of giving you my closing thoughts because you guys are pretty much going to sum up what I'm going to say anyways. I mean, mine came out to be six to four, slippery and wet to open up and say, uh, I thought it was going to be a little further. I thought it was going to be like seven to three or eight to two um, in favor of Bon Jovi. When I got down to start doing it, I was like, eh, kind of was kind of strange it came out the way it did. Um, but slippery came out to have an 8.8 for me, which is almost a nine, and I think that's very good. That's, that's what that album deserves. And Poison was a 7.9, just a shade under an 8. So, you know, I thought it's a pretty good rating. But instead of reading through my big, long, you know, thing about what I said about them, there's not much else I can say. I wanted to read off a couple of facts if you don't, guys don't care for one second. Sure, some, go right ahead. Y'all, y'all might find it interesting. Um, and maybe whoever's listening might find it interesting. Uh, I got this from Wikipedia. Slippery and Wet was an instant commercial success, spending eight weeks at number one on the U.S. Billboard 200 charts and was named by Billboard as the top-selling album of 1987. Slippery and Wet is Bon Jovi's best-selling album to date with a certification of 12 times platinum, making it one of the top 100 best-selling albums in the United States. The album was featured in the 2005 book, A Thousand and One Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. Open Up and Say Ah, on the other hand, was certified platinum in 1988 and five times platinum in 1991. It also has been certified four times platinum in Canada and gold by the BPI. And another little thing I found, I don't know if this is true, if this is a rumor, you guys may know, Paul Stanley of Kiss was supposed to produce Open Up and Say Ah. I've heard that. Have you heard that? I have. Yeah. And the last fact I found really interesting According to Bon Jovi, the band named the album Slippery When Wet after visiting the number five Orange Strip Club in Vancouver, British Columbia. According to Richie Sambora, this woman descended from a ceiling on a pole and proceeded (laughs) to take all her clothes off. When she got in a shower and soaked herself up, we just about lost our tongues. We just sat there and said, we will be here every day that energizes us through the whole project. Our testosterone was at a very high level back then. So I pulled that off Wikipedia, and I was, instead of reading my notes, I thought I'd read that instead. It's a pretty, pretty entertaining, I thought. Well, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> I didn't know the, the inspiration for that album title. That's good. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, my God. It is. Wow. So. Wow. All right. Well, guys, I'll give you my basic summation of these records. Now, how mine fared out, uh, Slippery and Wet, um, it won this battle on my end 7-3. to three. The overall rating I gave it was 8.45 is what the numbers came out to. Um, I feel like that's a pretty fair rating. I would I would say that this is in in the terms of how we rate things. I think it would be between an eight and eight and a half for sure. So it falls right in line. The open up and say ah, uh, my totals came out to seven point five five, and I will go ahead and tell the listener out there right now, this total is going to fool you. It's only because I have three tens on here. This album's as high as it is. Like Chris said earlier, I do not remember this album being this bad when I was in high school. I remembered thinking this was a great record when I was a kid. And just like my Tesla delusion I had with mechanical, uh, the mechanical album, I'm telling you right now, 
I thought this was a lot better record. Whenever this was suggested that we do this, I felt like, hey, this is a better record. It should be a good battle. And then I listened to it, and I was like, oh, my gosh. It's just not as good as I remember it being. I did have a, a fan. I was a fan of Poison's first album. I loved it. Look What the Cat Dragged In is a heavier record. I think it's a harder hitter. I think it's 100 times better than this. And that album stands the test time a whole lot better than this one does. But Slippery and Wet is absolutely, I would say it's an iconic hair metal record for that term. You know, it's not a 10, but when it comes down to it, this is a solid record. It did stand the test of time, in my opinions. Uh, you still hear these songs this day regularly, um, and most people know it as soon as some of these songs come on the radio. So, um, you know, when it comes down to it, it's going to be personal preference. I like the guitar tone better on the Poison album. I think that that raw sound that uh, CCDV has is fantastic. Mm-hmm. He is uh, he's probably the better guitarist. Now, people may argue that. I agree, hundred percent. He's probably the better guitarist here, and he's very underrated in this world because of you know what the you know what the music uh, the music folks out there in the West Coast thought of Poison back in the day. I know they realized they were thought it was a joke by the heavy metal community, you know, and I understand that because even I started frowning down on it as I got a little bit older and getting a little bit more into the hey, the hard thrash and you know heavy metal hey, scene. Jimmy. I fell into yeah. Uh, that look. Uh, what's their first album? Look, look what the cat dragged in. Oh yeah. yeah Consistently, absolutely. it might be a better album, but uh, I remember you gave me that tape back in chorus oh, in yeah. high school. You great, said great. you just didn't want it no more, or something like that. You said you want this, or something <laughs> like that. You gave me that tape. I remember that specifically. <laughs> it's either you or the trash can, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, I think so, man. Somebody was getting it. I was thinking about that this week, and I was like, you know, I think that might be a better album consistently overall than this. It, than open up and say it is. You're you right. Know. It is. It is, man. Um, um, but guys, I think this was a pretty fun listen. You know what? It was. It was more of a shocker to me to see how much better Slipping Wet was um, because I wasn't the biggest Bon Jovi fan back in the day, but, and I'm not a Bon Jovi fan to this day. However, I do appreciate good music, and I think some of these songs are, are pretty darn good. Um, now, I know we had a couple of questions that we were going to throw out tonight, right, Chris? Um, right. Go ahead. And, what's, what would you, and I have a surprise one for you guys that I'm going to throw at you, and I'm gonna, I want on the spot that I didn't tell you about today because I want to hear your immediate response. All right, so Chris, go ahead and ask your question. Okay. I would like to follow one more thing and say, I agree hundred percent. CC is his tone. It's, he's the saving grace of poison. And we saw them live a couple of years ago. Oh yeah. And he was the saving grace of them live. Brett's voice is gone. He did nothing but point to the crowd and mug for the microphone the whole night. And, and CC crushed it. He even played eruption. Do you remember in that? I mean, mm. the guy can play. Absolutely. He can yeah, shred. So, okay. Enough of that. Anyway, uh, on to the question of the night for me, I guess we all have a question of the night now. Mine was, there was a lot of humor in these albums, in my opinion. And I, I, I want to know what you guys found the funniest line of the night in, in any of these albums. And I, I have mine. I'll go ahead and throw it out at you guys first. On Bon Jovi, Never Say Goodbye. I love the line. <laughs> Remember when we lost the keys and you lost more in my back seat? <laughs> to me, Baby. <laughs> I laugh every time I hear that song or that line. So That's a great to me, line, too. But do you guys have one? That yeah, I... Anthony, what do you got? I got to hear yours. Well, it's it's the it's actually not one line. It's the whole segment that look, but you can't touch. When that <laughs> chick supposedly tears off her clothes and jumps on the bed, I keep seeing this. Every time I hear this song, I, I get tickled because I keep seeing this grown woman, completely naked, jumping up and down on a bed like a five year old, saying, "Look, but you can't touch." And to me, that just cracks me up every time. And Brett's there, like, 
what else do I have to do? I've got the girl drunk. I've taken her out. I've done everything in the world to get the virtues out of this girl. And I still can't do it. So that just, that just cracks me up, man. What's that, Chris? Probably roofing. and that's the next step for him. I guess at least yeah, he didn't. Shocking when he didn't do it in the first part, right? <laughs> I don't know exactly how far he took it because the song doesn't say as much, but you're led to believe he never got there. But, uh, yeah, that well, line always there. cracks me up. He got there. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was very he passed persistent. out eventually. <laughs> All right, Jimmy, what's yours? All right. I wish I could send you my screen. Oh, I could show you my screen, but you know what? The, the uh, I've got it right here, Chris. Same thing you said. Remember when you used to park on Butler Street out in the dark? Remember when we lost the keys and you lost more than that? Oh, that was yours too. <laughs> I knew, but listen, I knew you were going to pick that. I picked okay. a different one just to throw it out there, and it was uh, it's from Poison, and it's uh, it's I watch the ice melt fast on her red hot lips. She whispers, "If you want to taste my love, why don't you swallow this?" <laughs> <laughs> some of these lyrics are just absolutely asinine oh, and juvenile, but it's retarded yes i know it's it's great guys it, you know all right anthony did you have a question for us too i was just trying to thinking today you know what was the worst what do you think the worst hair metal song ever released is and uh me and chris talked about this and we were actually on the same page and i think it's <laughs> cherry pie by warren i think that was the oh that, yeah that God, song yeah. that song was it probably killed. the first yeah, it was the chink in the armor of the hair metal scene. I think that's when the crack of the dam started to to happen. Because once that song came out, it was like, really, guys, you, this is too far. I mean, the video and like the, the video was too far. Like, like the album cover had like cherry pies dropping in her lap uh, and all this kind ridiculous. of stuff. You know? I agree. But you know, the album itself is actually a pretty good album once you get past that silly song. There's some great songs on that album. Yeah, Uncle Tom's right. Cabin, dude. Period. It's it goes right yeah. to that song and it kicks your butt. From that record, yeah. from that I thought that was on the first album, actually, Uncle Tom's Cabin. No, it's no. on, it's on Cherry. Is it on that one? Yeah, because wow. yeah, that was oh god, yeah, dude, it kicks. When, yeah, Janie Lane was saying it was supposed to be called Uncle Tom's Cabin, and then they wanted a hit song or something. He wrote that, and then it became all about cherry pie eating contests and all kinds of crazy stuff after that. So, oh yeah, kind of pissed him off. But anyways, that was my song. If you don't know if you guys got one or not. Well, like you said, Anthony, we both said it at the same time. <laughs> so that was uh, I could agree with y'all more. Unbelievable. Uh, and, you know, I think it's funny. There are probably other songs just as bad in that genre, but for whatever reason, that one took hold and was a hit, and it yeah. really made the genre look bad, and it just kind of, like, went downhill after that. So. Yeah, I still can't listen to it to this day. It just gets on my nerves. It's, it is, it's, it's a terrible song. It is. All right, boys, y'all ready for this? Let's hear it. All right, so you know how we rate these song versus songs. However... What if the track listing was a little bit different? Okay. What if Wanted Dead or Alive was up against Every Rose Had Its Thorn? What would you pick then? Dead or Alive. Dead, Dead or Alive. alive. Dead. Dead or Alive. Really? Yeah. It's I would, that is you know, an I iconic like surprise. I mean, they're Dead both iconic, but that is absolutely yeah. iconic. Yeah. Yeah, dude, yeah I, wish, I, I just I just wanted to throw that out there to see what you guys would say because Dead or Alive is the better tune, and I was going to heckle you all had y'all picked Every Rose. That's all. <laughs> I mean, it would, that, that's it, a, it would be a, a tough pick, but I think you have to go with Wanted Dead or Alive. I think it's just more of an iconic song. Even though Every Rose is Thorn is no no slouch, it's just I don't know. There's something about that opening of that guitar and just the way that song builds and when it kicks in, man, you're just like yeah, you're just really feeling it when that song kicks oh, in. Yeah. So I agree. I agree. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this down because we've been going for a long time. Um, I didn't I'd even expect this one to last long. Yeah, I didn't think <laughs> it would last this long. All right. So, basically, what we've got is the final episode of these album wars is going to be going on next week. It's kind of our 
That's our Halloween edition, if you will. And we're going with Alice Cooper, two, uh, two albums from Alice Cooper in the eighties. It's uh, constrictor versus raise your fist and yell. Chris, I know that you're not a huge Alice Cooper guy. You know, a couple of tunes, Anthony, if I remember correctly, you do dig some Alice Cooper as do I. Actually, I remember you so, made me a, a tape of constrictor years ago. You called oh, me yeah, before dude. you gave it to it's, me. So, Killer, killer album. But nonetheless, this is going to be a pretty good battle. I'm kind of curious to see how your opinions are. Now, some of these songs, I'll go ahead and warn those at home. Some of these songs are pure 80s, <laughs> and you're in for a treat. However, um, you know what? It's fun. We're doing this for Halloween. I think it's it's a great way to end this series. And then, of course, next week we may announce what our next uh, our next season, if you will, of uh, record reviews are going to be. But uh, I can't wait to hear y'all's opinions on this. Anybody got anything else to go before we close this out? I don't think so. Anthony, you want to plug your next podcast? Yeah, actually, I'm doing a Warren Zevon song next. Oh, wow. Okay. Roland the Headless Thompson Gunner. I'm trying to get in the Halloween spirit, and it's got a very Halloween vibe to it. So that's gotcha. my first venture away from Jimmy Buffett this week. So curious to see how it goes. Hey, man, it sounds it sounds like a good one to me, I'll be it's honest a great with you. song, man. If y'all haven't listened to Warren Zevon, you guys listening should listen to his music. It's, a, it's excellent stuff. Very crazy. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough, man. All right, guys. Well, uh, closing this thing out, I just want to reach out and thank everybody for the support. We have been seeing a tremendous amount of listens. Emails spike are coming in, in. Spike in Japan, by the way. That's that's odd. I want to say uh, domo arigato to all the Japanese listeners. Out there. Hey, fantastic. Yeah, I'm glad you told me that. Yeah, I'm I'm, huge. I'm glad that you guys are checking us out, giving us a shot. Uh, we certainly appreciate it, and um, keep your suggestions coming in, guys, because we're going to work hard to review your request. We will uh, probably hit a uh, hit a, a listener's request in this next series, just so you guys know. Um, but let's wrap this up for Audible XD Podcast. This is Jimmy. This is Chris. This is Anthony. Lay your hands, guys. This is it. Thank you for listening to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Join us next week when we review... Album Wars, Alice Cooper's Constrictor vs. Raise Your Fist and Yell. We'll see you then.